podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to have a look at the whole chapter, if the Lord will allow us this morning. We're continuing with our Power Up series, and we've seen God already over the past couple of weeks use Gideon to rescue the nation Israel from the oppressive Midianites. A young man who was hiding away and scared for his life became a deliverer of Israel during an extremely tough period for the nation. Gideon overcame his doubts, he overcame his fears, he powered up and he trusted in God. He trusted that God would deliver on his promise of the immeasurably more. And all the way forwards now in Daniel, Israel are in a tough situation. They're in a mess again because they haven't listened to God. And in Daniel chapter 3, the account tells us of three Hebrew men. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They're their Babylonian names. They're slaves of a pretty terrible king. A tyrant, King Nebuchadnezzar. His armies have overthrown Judah and they've taken control of it. God had warned them, said this is going to happen. You're not listening. You're not turning away from your sin. And now Nebuchadnezzar has taken control of Judah. And he is a bad guy. He is a terrible chap. If we were at the, um, what do they call those things at Christmas? What are they called? Where they go, oh no he isn't. (laughs) Pantomime. (laughs) He'd be the one that when he came on you'd go, Anyway, I feel like I'm too early. It's still September. Move on. (laughs) He is full of his own importance. And he's completely and utterly impossible to please because only he is pleasing. He likes himself so much that he builds a huge statue. When I say he builds, he gets slaves to build a huge statue of himself. And he requires everyone to worship that particular statue. So these three Hebrew friends who love God, Yahweh, the one true God. They're slaves of this King Nebuchadnezzar and now they have a decision to make. They either worship the one true God who they've always worshipped and will continue to worship or... Well, the options aren't great, I'll be honest. As we can have a look through chapter 3, we'll see that the only other option is you either worship King Nebuchadnezzar or you die. There's no middle ground. There's no, oh, you'll be all right because you are who you are. No, they're the options. Worship this idol or you're done. 
Let's have a look then. Chapter 3 of Daniel, verse 1 through 6 to begin with. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. How many cubits high? Not 300. 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and made... A and set it up on a plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials. I wish there'd have been a few less, I'll be honest. Um, uh, uh, to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. And I love what the word does here, just in case you miss those people. Verse 3, so the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials <sighs> assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it, wowed by its wonder and beauty. Oh no, sorry, I added that. Then the, uh, the herald loudly pro proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. There's no option. This is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, has anybody got one of them? I'll tell you that's a no. Uh, liar. Sorry, that's what that is. Harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. The options aren't great. It's pretty clear. We've got this big huge golden statue of this king who absolutely adores himself. You hear the music, you stop what you're doing and you worship that gold statue. And if you don't do that, if you don't do that, then you will be thrown into a furnace. You see what I mean about the king being pretty bad? He demands a boo, doesn't he? Terrible guy. You think then that there is no real choice. Literally worship this idol or be burned to death. Pretty simple. And it says in verse 7, Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Everyone worships the idol. Honestly, what were the choices? So everyone worshipped. Or did they? Listen to this. At this time, some astrologers came forward, verse 8, and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. 
Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. King, this is what you've said. We'll repeat these things back to you, king. So now then, king, what are we going to do? Because listen, verse 12, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the three Hebrew men, simply do not comply. They say no. We will not bow down and worship that image of gold. And this is reported to the king. You, you remember this guy, the tyrant, the one who's so full of his own self-worth, the one who's so happy with only him and nobody else will do, the one who's made a, a huge big gold statue because he loves himself that much. They've reported it to, this, to the king. Do you think he's happy? I'm pretty sure not. It goes on and says, verse 13, furious, furious with rage. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, your options aren't great. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? With a question mark and a look of shock on his face. Almost, are you mad? Have I not made it clear? Was it not plain enough for you? That if you don't worship, when the music plays, this idol of gold, that you're done. I would have said toast, but it would have sent a little bit. Anyway, I've done it now. Surely I've made it clear enough. He says, now, when you hear the sound, then you have to worship. And I wonder for us then, today, there's a tyrant king here, and sometimes we can feel disconnected from the story. But for us today, in 2021, we have, don't we, decisions every single day as to whether... We put God first or we put him second. Whether we put God first the moment that we get out of bed. Whether we make the decision not to get involved in the gossip. Whether we make the decision not to let those words come out of our mouth. Whether we make the decision to put time aside to look into the word. Put time aside to pray. Put time aside to worship. You know, we make these decisions every single day. Where we say, God, either you're first or you're not. And for us, let's not be disconnected from the story, but let's see what the word of God is teaching us. Let's see what the, girl, uh, the word of God is asking us to do. That we challenge our heart. Are we in a position where everything that we do, God is number one? Or are there things in our life that are taking that first spot? And church, they could be anything. 
Don't think it's a golden statue. It could be a football stadium. It could be a badge. It could be a position. It could be a bank account. It could be family. It could be a person. There are a myriad of things that can take the place of God. The word tells us that God is a jealous God. The second commandment is, do not bow down to any other gods with a small jig. You see, we worship Yahweh. We worship God. And he demands us in order to live as he's called us to live, to put him first in everything that we do. It's not like we'll get struck down by a rod of iron. It's that he says, look, put me first. And everything that we strive so hard for that we think we can't possibly get to, that God says, put me first, and all of those things in life will fall into place. And you might say, well, God, you know, when I look at this, this is not a good situation for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And maybe you've got that situation in your life where you're thinking, God, if I put you first in this moment, the rejection that I'm going to experience from these people around me is far beyond what I believe I can cope with. The very fact that if I put you first, God, in this, then how am I going to provide for my family moving forward? God, if I put you first so that I'm setting time aside for you, how am I going to find time to do everything else that, well, just naturally we need to do? And you see the challenge is there for us. We see the story, we see the account, and we think, wow, Nebuchadnezzar's a bad guy. And make no mistake, he absolutely is. But the challenge for us today is to think, are there things for us where we are setting God aside and we're putting this thing in front? Sometimes the choices that we're presented with don't seem that they carry much weight. And we just make a decision. The word tells us, doesn't it, to pray without ceasing. The word tells us to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And sometimes when we think those mundane decisions that don't really require much thought, and we think, well, we'll just get on and do it, they sometimes lead on to much bigger actions. And before we know it, we found ourselves worshipping something completely different to God. And we never set it up to be like that. It was never this big idol in front of us, but nevertheless, it's demanding all my time. It's demanding all my focus and I've lost sight of you, God. You see, there's a huge challenge for us as Christians in this story, in this account of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that we find in Daniel chapter 3. We need to remind ourselves, don't we, who is Lord of our life. We need to focus and centre on him. And that's a real challenge for us, church. All of us, make no mistake about it, to put God first and to bring even those small decisions to him. Because he cares. He's not there going, oh, you again. That's not how God works. The Bible tells us he knows us intimately. He knits us together in our mother's womb. We are his children. Like your child comes to you and asks you for the... You know, those nonsensical questions that you think, oh my word, where's that even coming from? 
Aren't you grateful that they bring them to you? You might not be if you're nodding off. <laughs> but God doesn't nod off. Bring the questions. Bring the requests. Bring the thoughts. Because that's what he calls us to do. He cares. He wants to know. And then we get these moments as we go on. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. <coughs> and I've highlighted these words because... They are the key, right? He says that, they say this, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Hang on a minute, before I go any further. He's the king. Remember, they've been respectful. Your majesty. They do, uh, listen, king. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace. I like the if, don't you? There's a hint of optimism there. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, you see how it's a capital G. This is talking about Yahweh. Whenever you see God's little G, it's talking about all the other gods that people put, the idols, etc., etc. We're talking about the God we serve, the only God we serve, is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. Again, love the confidence. Don't miss these things, because when you read over that, you sometimes miss that. Listen. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Again, super respectful. But even if he does not, this is like a thing for King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, we, we, we've told you what God's going to do. But do you know what? Just for you, because if this doesn't happen and this isn't the plan that God's got, then listen. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods, look, small g, or worship the image of gold you have set up. Right, you've got two options. Remember, you worship the image of gold or you're thrown into the furnace. Very simple. I've now told you what you need to do. And you have said to me, well, actually, we do not need to defend ourselves to you in this matter. Can you imagine a guy who loves himself this much that he's made an idol of himself? How angry he now is. In fact, what he does is he says, heat the furnace seven times hotter in order of completeness, as far as numbers go in the Bible, seven is the maximum. That is complete. Make it the hottest it can possibly be. It's on the amplifier that goes to 11. It, it does not get any hotter than that. But listen, Psalm 118 and verse 6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Listen again. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You ever wanted to know what that looks like lived out? Not just something that's recited. Not just something that's put to memory. What does that look like when it's lived out? It looks like this. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said, We do not need to defend ourselves before you on this matter. Bring your worst, king. Bring your worst. God will either rescue us here, right now, or in death. It's pretty simple. Either way, 
He will have the victory. And you know, church, that is a promise that they cling to. They cling to that in what can only be, you can imagine, I don't want to say melting pot, but the, 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 the emotions, the fear, the, the, the anxiety, the dread in that moment as they're dragged before the king. You're going to go into that seven times hotter furnace. And they say, okay, so be it. I would rather die than worship your small g God or your idol because I worship Yahweh. And that is who my heart belongs to. Nebuchadnezzar, verse 19, was furious with them. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego up and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Verse 22, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. How crazy is that? The fire is so hot that even these tough soldiers that have taken them to the furnace have died because of the heat. And these men, firmly tied, fell into the furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, were there, uh, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound. The ropes are off. The chains have come off and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. You see how the terminology has changed. The capital G, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, prefects, Governors and royal advisers crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Well, the options were simple, weren't they? You worship the image of gold, or you are burned to death in the, flame, uh, in the furnace. They're simple. Oh, actually, there is a third option. I'll stick with God. I will stick with God. Because that will mean that whatever you throw at me, as Psalm 118 has already reminded us, that whatever you throw at me, that my God is bigger. Doesn't matter how hot your furnace is, doesn't matter how big your furnace is, doesn't matter how strong your soldiers are, doesn't matter how hard you tie the rope, my God is bigger. He is stronger, he is better, and he is capable of delivering me from somebody like you and everybody else that is around you. They're walking around in the furnace. There's one other in there. An angel, God, well, we're not going to take Nebuchadnezzar's word for it because I'm not sure he knows. But either way, these men are rescued from what seems to be an impossible situation. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had this power up moment 
where the Holy Spirit said, we have got this. You know, and I think for you and I today, again, we might not ever get into a situation like this, but we can absolutely be certain that God is for us. And if he is for us, then church, who can be against us? If he is for us, then who can be against us? If we are able to stand up for him, if we have faith that says, God, you are bigger than this in front of me, if we're able to have those moments, then I am certain that we will be the overcomer, where we are able to conquer those things in front of us through the power of God. When the word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it means it. Amen? It means it. And it's a power-up moment. Not a hair is scorched on their head. Everyone is amazed. And church, our message that the word is given to us today is that God can do the impossible. Even in those little situations that we have on a day-to-day -day basis, whether they're this small or whether they're humongous as far as life decisions go, that if we put God first, if we put him first, he will not leave us nor forsake us, and he will deliver us. He will bring about his will in that moment, and all we have to do is trust him. Oh, that sounds proper easy, doesn't it? <laughs> all we have to do is trust him. And I know that's hard. And the word of God shows us that if we trust God in these moments, that he will deliver us. And we see it time and time and time again. And we, we can find ourselves back like Gideon going, you know, just one more sign of you showing us that we can trust you, God. <laughs> just one more thing. And we have to put our faith in action and trust God that if we are bold, that if we stand firm, we can know that the God we worship is the God of the immeasurably more. Romans 8 verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's pray for a power-up moment. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for your word. We thank you for its blessing, for its encouragement. Father, we thank you for the example that we see here from Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that they were willing to put you first in an impossible situation, that they stood firm, they knew who they were, they knew the God they worshipped and they knew that you were able to deliver them. So Father, we pray that you would just bring about that in our mind, that we would understand that your Holy Spirit would strengthen us, that as we look into your word and we're drawn to your word, Father, as we pray, as we worship, that we will draw strength from you, ready to take on whatever life throws at us, knowing that you are with us. So, Father, again, we just thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that you would just bless it to our hearts, you'd encourage us. And we ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.